0: Welcome to the Pattern Podcast from KXE in London. As a church, we want to learn ways of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing the things he did in order to see the city we love transformed. This podcast is a resource to help us explore these spirit-filled patterns of living and start putting them into practice every day. In this podcast, we're exploring the practice of kindness. Pete James went to chat to Rowan Williams, who's the former Archbishop of Canterbury and a globally respected theologian. Pete loved being in the presence of someone who was his intellectual equal just for one day only. Only joking, he gets to work with me. Anyway, enjoy. It was a great conversation.
1: Brian Williams, thank you so much for making the time for us to chat with you about this today. We were going to talk to you about um, kindness as a practice. Um, The biblical authors talk about kindness as a fruit of the Spirit. Just wondering if you could just talk to us about what they mean by a fruit of the Spirit.
2: When New Testament writers talk about fruits of the Spirit, it, it always seems to me as if what they've got in mind is the Spirit as the power that makes connections. It connects us again. It connects us with Jesus. It connects us with God the Father. It connects us with one another. So kindness is one of those things that connects us in the right sort of way with people, connects us in the way that God wants us to be connected. That's why it's it's there alongside all those other things like peace and patience.
1: And and as a fruit of the Spirit then, um, obviously there's, there's the work of the Holy Spirit, Within us, what's the connection between the work of the Holy Spirit within us and our own efforts and our own decisions? Um, how do those two things—the person, the personal Spirit, and our personal choices—go together?
2: Almost impossible, really, to to map it out. And theologians for the last two thousand years have been driving themselves distracted by trying to get the, the balance right. We can probably say this though. If we are genuinely open, if we want to be transformed by God, then God will do what God can do for us, in us, and with us. But he's made us to be the human beings we are, and we work by thinking, by desiring, by imagining, by deciding. So it's not as if God says, I'm going to forget all that. I'm just going to give you a little injection of the Holy Spirit, and that'll be it. No god wants us to be putting our whole selves our thinking and our feeling and our imagining and our hoping into the stream of his life and god promises that that will carry us along so we can't we can't start it or keep it up by ourselves and we can't say oh i i will decide to do nothing and god will do everything i will decide to do what i can do and God has already started the process, already begun to work, already begun to pour his spirit in,
1: which will carry us along. Wonderful. Should we talk then specifically about kindness? What What, what is kindness?
2: One thing that comes to my mind when I think about the word kindness is actually a kind of joy. Um, we don't always associate it with joy, but perhaps we should. When I think of a kind person, I think of a person who Well, it's it very clearly a person who smiles at me. And why do we smile? Because we're happy. The kind person is someone who delights in someone else, who acts towards them with warmth and positive feeling, because in some way their well-being makes that person happy. So if if I seek to be kind, I don't do it just by gritting my teeth and saying, damn it, I've got to be kind. Um so uh, let me help you fixed smile and <laughs> going on with it it's it's the kind of reaction where i say i'm so glad to be with you what can i do to to enhance your life because that will make me happy and i I'd, I'd like us to keep
1: kindness and joy linked in that way somehow what then might there might the misconceptions of kindness be oh any
2: number of misconceptions Um, kindness can sound a bit flabby can't it it can can sound as if it's um just a vague indulgent feeling towards people sometimes it can feel patronizing you're just being kind aren't you we say to people which isn't a very healthy reaction or very healthy thing to react to Um, and I suspect that when either of those things is going on when it's just a kind of bland being nice or when it feels patronizing what's missing is that joy I was talking about that positive um, affirmation of and delight
1: in the other person and also that openness to them so this <clears throat> sort of joyful kindness, uh, this delight in others and seeing others flourish, uh, where do you see that in the life of Jesus?
2: In the fourth chapter of St. John's Gospel, when Jesus has been talking to the woman at the well in Samaria, um, the disciples go off to buy the sandwiches. Jesus stays behind chats to the woman. She goes off full of excitement to tell everybody about this. The disciples come back with lunch. And um, Jesus says, I have food to eat that you know nothing of. In other words, he has been enriched and engaged and given joy by his encounter with the woman of the well, And that seems to me one, one of the keys to understanding what's going on. Jesus himself in his humanity is enriched and fulfilled, you could say, by the sharing of love, by the sharing of what he has to give, and it feeds him, it nourishes him, it gives him joy. And, of course, also, um, he tells us that there is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. So anyone turning back to God, everybody is delighted to see them. It's not that people gather around and say, well, glad you saw sense at last. People are just so happy to see you because now we can you know, we can together be different.
1: So that's an incredible example from Jesus' life of how he's he's shown kindness and almost been brought alive himself through it. What about the cross? Is that his ultimate expression of kindness, uh, compassionate kindness towards humanity?
2: It sounds a strange word to apply to the cross, doesn't it? Kindness, it almost feels a a bit weak. And yet, you can see it in that light because... Certainly two of the sayings that St. Luke records of Jesus on the cross, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. But what is that except a, a kind of profound kindness? It's, it's saying, here are these people acting in almost unimaginable cruelty and brutality. But, says Jesus, they don't know. If only they knew what, what they were doing to themselves, of my me. And when the crucified thief turns to him, Jesus' response is immediate. You're going to be with me today. So it may well be appropriate to say there's kindness going on in the crucifixion. And that's a kindness that comes out of the fundamental reality that on the cross, Jesus is sharing as completely as possible the pain, the abandonment, the lostness that human beings feel. He's going right to the bottom of that, scarring it out right to the bottom of the pot, as it were, and making sure that he takes it all into himself so that you know we can be released from it. And interesting to think about the, the very origins of the word kind in the English language, because kind in Old English means, means nature. We say humankind, um and it it's simply a word for what we share and that's why in some um some christian writings from the middle ages in english the kindness of god is god's fellow feeling god sharing our nature very much compassion feeling alongside us so we need sometimes to remember that that's part of the sort of back history of, of the word
1: hmm. So thinking about the world around us, the world in which we live, um, why why would a church in the centre of London practising kindness every day be important? Like what's the effect that it might have on, on our city, on our communities, on our relationships, workplaces, universities?
2: Most workplaces, not only in London, do seem to be afflicted very deeply and very often by the sense that Other people are a bit of a threat and a bit of a menace, a bit of a nuisance. There's a strong competitive spirit around. There's always that sense that if you're doing well, I must be doing badly. And the winners and losers mentality really gets a grip on us. So all the more important for a Christian community to say, the winners and losers pattern is just not the story. If we're prepared to look at one another gratefully, joyfully, and to, to let that shape our reaction to one another, if we're able to be kind in that way, then we are doing something rather revolutionary. We're saying there's much more to humanity than you imagined, much more to your own capacity as a, as a child of God than you imagined. You do not have to be trapped in the zero-sum game. You do not have to be trapped by fear of others you can actually be set free to be glad of them.
1: If that compels us then, being that kind of a person, that kind of community, um, how do we grow in this stuff?
2: Sometimes it helps us in, in our prayer and our reflection, just to remember what Jesus in the Gospels seems always to be saying, which is simply, God is glad of our company. We think again about a story like the Prodigal Son, the Father is just so glad to see the Son returning. And Jesus himself, as we've seen, is is nourished by the response of trust and love that he draws out from people. So we can, we can start by thinking, hmm, you know, God is glad to see me. How very surprising, how, how very miraculous. God delights to see me. But I'm not the only person God has made. If God has made me to delight in, then he's made you to delight in. And he's made all sorts of other people to delight in. He's He's made Donald Trump to delight in. Swallow hard. <laughs> you know, he's, he is constantly making people to delight in. And that means that I've got to learn somehow to delight in even very unlikely people. Just pray that if I can keep some part of my heart generous towards them then I'm witnessing to to what God has done in making me and loving me and saving me
1: so for someone listening to this in their pattern group um with three or four others wanting to explore kindness where should they start what's a very simple practical everyday pattern that they can create you might think who's been kind to me recently
2: what did it feel like um what did their face look like What difference did it make to me? Just start with that and share. That was a moment when I felt someone was kind. Right, so what would it mean for me then to react like that? And how do I need to question bits of myself that are holding me back from that? But I think it could be as simple as that. And I've sometimes told the story of a Buddhist friend of mine who went to see his teacher once and poured out lots of very complicated questions about meditational practice and after 20 minutes the teacher sighed and said tell me John when were you last kind to anyone as if to say yeah forget the flannel (laughs) just uh, just think are you capable of of kindness and to answer that of course you have to think and who's been kind to me
1: Rowan, right in the middle of there, you saw it's almost talking about our own self-understanding, our own identity, knowing we're made in the image of God, loved by God, cherished by him somehow, compelling us to be kind mm-hmm. towards others. Um, what if someone can't be kind to themselves or see themselves like mm-hmm. that? Where, where should they start?
2: It's quite difficult, I think, for people to, to grasp that they are, they are precious, that they are indescribably valuable in the eyes of God. But that is what the gospel says, and that's what any church ought to be working at. And it's not a matter of saying, you're precious to God because you're so wonderful in yourself, in your capacities, you you know, you're you're handsome and successful and clever. No, you're just precious, you're just valuable because you're there, end of story. Um, And we can't say that to ourselves, so we've got to try to find the people we trust to say it to us. And to keep going back to those stories in the Gospels, which repeatedly show Jesus doing just that, you think you're rubbish, think again. And when Jesus says, have faith in me, believe in me, he's essentially just saying, look, trust me when I tell you, you're not rubbish, trust me when I tell you. We can read that in scripture, but it has to come alive in a community. We have to have people around us who will be willing to to do that. And we need to sometimes to let go of a bit of our, our own pride to hear it and say, "Okay, I may think I'm a failure in various ways. I may think I'm just not worth bothering with. I may think that by making my own life more difficult, I can somehow, I don't know, appease God or settle the scores. But no, I've got to get to the point where I I see God simply extending his hand to Jesus and saying yes. And that's then something of what we have to do with one another. Just extend the hand, say yes. And of course, sometimes that saying yes can mean... um. Quite a difficult engagement it might be easier not to um, because our real joy and delight in someone our kindness towards someone isn't incompatible with, with some challenge and saying I I take you so seriously I, I delight in you so much I love you so much I need to push you a bit on this um, can you can you grow can you be your best self can you can you move from this as God says to us I love you beyond all imagining. I love you so much that I can't just leave you floundering. I want to see you you moving on growing. So kindness isn't just niceness. It isn't just pat on the head. It's also about taking people deeply seriously, I think.
1: Interestingly there, it's almost connecting it with discipleship in some way this whole spurring on of others we, we cherish them so much take them so seriously so understand them to be made in the image of god that we don't want to leave them as they are we want to encourage them leave them better off through our interactions with them and you talked about the woman the well running off with excitement and telling others what 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 could what what revolution is you describe could we trigger through kindness what effect can we see it in others
2: there's a story i heard about a, a church in a city in the United States, where people worked quite a lot with um, with prostitutes in the downtown area. And one of the workers discovered one day that um, one of these young women was having a birthday, and went round to other members of the church and said, "Well, she uh, comes off duty, so to speak, at three in the morning, so we're going to have a birthday party." So they organised a birthday party. They took over at a little hall there. They Got the cakes and the sausages and the hamburgers and everything. And this young woman arrived and there was a birthday party. And somebody who was there asked one of the workers, Well, what what's all this about? Who, who organized this? And they said, The local church. And he said, What the hell kind of church is that? And the answer was, The kind of church that organises birthday parties for prostitutes at three o'clock in the morning. And I thought, Yeah, that's that's quite a quite a testimony because that says something about the the revolutionary nature of it what might take people out to say you know what we see that in in the gospels we see it in well lots of examples like that story but lots of less dramatic ones where people suddenly think you know i have suddenly been taken seriously i've suddenly seen myself in a new light or someone's looked at me like that, looked at me with joy.
0: Thank you for listening to the Pattern Podcast. If you'd like to explore more spiritual patterns of living, head over to pattern.org.uk.